1: Use the promo code Big Blue.
2: Blue Wire. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. Stan Schneier joined as always well my co-host Nick Falatto. Today we're going to be breaking down the New York Giants defense on the All 22 film against the Washington Football Team, the Commanders, if you will. In week 15, their win. Big win. So some fun defensive plays. It's interesting. This tape, I think from this point on, Nick, we're never going to get like a dominant film like we got maybe against, um, trying to think of some of the earlier games where the defense really dominated. I actually don't know if there were too many where it like was full domination by the defense this year. Chicago comes to mind. That's for sure a full dominant game. But right now, this defense is insanely susceptible. In this film, you're about to see there's really bad run defense. But more importantly, there's a lot of open receivers that just weren't hit either overthrown or not recognized by uh, by Heineke or just that sometimes you know the pressure was there which is a good thing that part's good but they're really working with like you know they're they're running on fumes right now this team they don't have any talent really left at the second and third levels even Landon Collins who we praised on the after show and we'll get to it he made those plays that we went over he had some bad plays too man there was one run yeah. fit he had that just was awful and I could see the coaches looking at him we'll go over it and being like well, can we really trust this guy as like this massive upgrade that we can just fire onto the field? And yet he is seeing a lot of snaps, and I think he will continue to because that's how bad the rest of them are. And so it's going to be interesting when they face good offenses. It starts this week against Minnesota and the Vikings. This is going to have to be a game, in my opinion, where the Giants are really letting it rip early in the passing game and just trying to compete and not trying to play their own style and grind it out. This can't be a grind it out kind of game, but we'll get to that in a preview show. So nothing on that right now. Let's dive into this game. I think my main takeaway before I turn it over to you, Nick, is that. I wasn't surprised by this, but I didn't recognize it as much on the broadcast. Now it's easier to see on the film because You get to see the overhead angle. There was a game plan to take away Terry McLaurin in this game. It was very specific. It was very detailed. And you see it on a lot of the plays that we're about to go over. They wanted to not be beat by McLaurin. And that was something that I think is a great adjustment by Wink. Because in the first game earlier this season, the tie, McLaurin had a pretty damn good game. And they didn't want to let that him. It's kind of like an old Belichick way, right? Take away the best player with all your, you know, by focusing extra defensive attention and make them beat you in any other way. And that's kind of what they did, the Giants. And it for the most part worked. So that was my takeaway. What was your main or if you don't have any, it's fine. But anything you wanted to bring up before we get into the film.
1: No, that's was my takeaway as well was just how much cloud coverage could Terry McLaurin saw. And cloud coverage essentially is you have one cornerback underneath in trail with a safety over the top. Kind of like a bracket, which is what the Giants were doing often in the red zone against Terry McLaurin. And the times when the Giants didn't Do that to Terry McLaurin, I felt like he was getting a target, and it usually resulted in a catch, typically against cover three or quarters where it was off coverage. In terms of defensive personnel, saw a lot of quarter, again, 24.1% quarter from the New York Giants, and it wasn't always just in pure passing situations. They would roll out there first down in a quarter with Landon Collins, Darnay Holmes, and Tony Jefferson as the quote-unquote linebackers. Like we said since the beginning of the year, Wink Martindale doesn't want to have these linebackers out on the field. And even when they do have those linebackers out on the field, they're still susceptible to the run. So I'm interested to see how the Giants defend Minnesota, how much quarter they use against Minnesota. And K.J. Osborne might go off against the New York Giants or Adam Thielen because I'm pretty sure Wink Martindale is going to cloud, bracket, double team, Justin Jefferson all game.
2: Yeah, as he should, in my opinion. So I think it's the best move he can have. And it, it's interesting to me that they're going with all these kinds of different quarter, you know, sometimes like we're seeing, you know, dime, quarter, nickel packages, a lot of quarter, because I think at this point he's kind of thrown his hands up in the air wink, and, and been like, well, what's the point of even having like a lot of snaps of McFadden and Jalen Smith when they are technically linebackers, quote unquote, but they're not actually able to, you know, fit their assignments in the run often. They're out of place in the pass game often. There was. I play this game where, like, Jalen Smith ran into a Giants defender during a mesh route and just like wide open. It's just like, dear God, how many times do I have to see it over and over on film before anything corrects itself? I don't think it will correct itself. It's not something that can be coached at this point, it's just simply a personnel issue they have. And that's why, once we go back to the drawing board this offseason, I'd stand by it. Like, all these positions need upgrades. I get it. There's a lot of roster holes, but if you don't do anything about this linebacker situation, the Giants are not going to be able to improve next year on defense. And so, that's something One, really important.
1: Yeah, one more uh, aspect that the Giants, or I don't even know if aspects the right word, but one more thing yeah. the Giants did a lot differently in this game was they used a ton of cover six. They used cover six twenty five point nine 25.9% of the time, the most by far this season. The only game that came even close and it wasn't even close was against Carolina in week two, which was 11.1% of the snaps were in cover six, which is quarter quarter half. That means it's going to be cover two to one side. So you're going to have that flat defender guy over the top. Hence, whenever the Washington commanders were in a three by one set, they would run that towards Terry McLaurin to cloud cover him and then match him and then cover four to the other side. So you're going to have the deep quarters on that other side. So cover six is a, is a coverage that a lot of teams use. We haven't seen too much of it from Wink Martindale, but there was a ton of it in this game against Scott Turner and this offense.
2: And maybe that'll be the same versus Minnesota with Jefferson. We'll have to see. So let's dive into the tape. We'll start with this first drive, which was a 10-play, 51-yard drive. Very reminiscent of some of the drives the Giants have had on defense this year, where the opposing team marches it all the way into field goal range. And then with a series of either sacks or penalties or big plays by the defense, they knock them all the way out of field goal range and force them the punt. This drive should have been three points for Washington. And the Giants were able to turn it into zero points. It's a really interesting thing that we've seen happen over and over with this defense and it's it's definitely impressive but it starts here with something you saw a lot you know you're seeing a lot out of the pistol that was something that um a recent team i forgot who now ran against the giants and then they've kind of uh you've seen other teams copy it and it's just counter right It's just what we've seen a lot A five five down front five man front for the giants there five people down the line of scrimmage counter seven yard run easy money for brian robinson
1: yeah giants weren't really fooled by it they're scrambling to get into position but you could see how tight Kayvon Thibodeau comes down, stays right off the ass of John Bates to intercept that play side guard. The H-back comes, pick up Jalen Smith, and this ends up being, like he said, a seven-yard run to start the game, even though the Giants, they're in position, the second-level guy. that's
2: problem, right?
1: But it's Henry Mondu, man. Henry Mondu kind of aligns as a five-tech with the tight end just outside of him, and he just gets kind of washed down. And also, Dexter Lawrence is kind of on a one-shade. He's not directly over the top of the seven, but center, but he's essentially... Sort of is, but that guard is over the bubble. There's no one over the top of the guard. So the guard has this easy access just to kind of block down on Dexter Lawrence. And then none of those backside pursuit defenders were able to actually get to Brian Robinson. So the end result ends up being seven to set up a second and three.
2: On the second and three, the Giants get caught in something. They've been caught in a decent amount this year when they blitz one of the linebackers here. They blitz McFadden, which just leads to a wide wide open vacated zone for an easy check down to Brian Robinson. Check down. You think, oh, three, four, five, six, seven yards. Nope, an 18-yard game.
1: 18 yards against this cover three look. Jalen Smith, he gets his attention drawn by the tight end coming right across his face. Number 82, Cole Turner. And Kayvon Thibodeau is in coverage to the other side. He kind of sinks underneath. I believe that's Terry McLaurin. You can kind of see even early on in this game the Giants are paying a lot of attention. Terry McLaurin aligned outside the numbers. Thibodeau sinks to a depth to get underneath. That route, but now you have two versus one against Jalen Smith. Heineke recognizes it, picks up eighteen yards on a checkdown.
2: This is where the blitz goes wrong, right? I mean, look—if you leave him in coverage, leave him an assignment, then uh, Heineke's going to have to try that—that that field side throw to the to the at, to the you know to the receiver running at the bottom of the screen. That little just like come back. That's a tougher throw to make. Instead, he gets an easy throw and yet eighteen yards anyway. So,
1: and it Definitely seemed like a somewhat of ahead. a delayed blitz because the Giants were playing the run. You could see how. Michael McFadden doesn't come right at the snap. He looks at Logan Thomas. It wasn't Colt Turner. It was Logan Thomas. Then he stutters, and then he sees the B-gap come open, and that's when he explodes and gets a good hit on Heineke. But I'm wondering if uh, exactly if he thought Brian Robinson maybe was, was staying in the pass protect. You see how he looks right here. It looks like Brian Robinson is pass protecting. Right. He's behind 71 and 68, and then he green dogs, which is essentially like, okay, my pass assignment is in pass protection. I can come and now blitz. But obviously, Brian Robinson releases. And then at that moment, Michael McFadden's like, well, I already committed. Let me go right in on Heineke and hit him. But nobody accounted for Robinson. Not 100% certain if that was the case, but it's a, it's a theory. Yeah, makes sense to me. Okay,
2: first and 10 here, split back here. Um, they're going to try to run a counter with Curtis Samuel. And this is played really well by the Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously, you can see on this play. play or, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau plays this really well. And it's a nice negative one.
1: GT counter, backside garden tackle, pull off the split back. These Curtis Samuel runs did not work for Washington. And Kayvon Thibodeau just does a really good job staying tight. And then he squares up right to the mesh point, staying square, keeping his eyes on the football. Once he sees that Curtis Samuel has it, he just chases Curtis Samuel down. I also feel like to the play side, who is that Leonard Williams does a good job just not getting bullied and not creating any space. And he kind of takes on 78 and 72 while... Aziz Ojolari takes on 68 and Curtis Samuel doesn't really have anywhere to go he tries to cut it back to the inside you can see there's two blockers here but on Thibodeau played it so well that it forced him to kind of spill him back outside Curtis Samuel just kind of gets entrapped and this ends up going for what Dan a loss of one
2: loss of one yep and then there's defensive holding on the next play by Darnay Holmes set up this first and 10 situation you gonna see a cover three look from the Giants um, this is a one of those you know, seam shots that Heineke likes to take. He does have trouble though, throwing the seam, and this is a high ball up the seam for an incomplete pass.
1: Empty formation, just spread it out, and really good job to run a seam route against a cover three look because you're going to have that other cornerback, Nick McLeod, be occupied by the outside route. You see how far outside the numbers he is, and then the center field player is on the opposite hash. So there's space, it's just Heineke's not. He's just not good in these situations, man. Like he has no touch or ability to drive the football in the intermediate to deep between the numbers type of throws, whereas Daniel Jones typically does a very good job in those type of areas.
2: Yeah. And it's weird because those are should be easier throws than like the ball he threw to Curtis Samuel at the end of the game on that fourth on that last drive was just a filthy ball on the sideline. And it's like he can put that on the money, but then he does this. It's just so odd
1: but that sets up a second and 10 where we're going to get something that I feel like Washington probably could have done more throughout the game. More oh, yeah. War running from Brian Robinson. The fact that this guy Got only ended up with out of what, like 12 carries in this game is, is not, is, it was a mistake because I think he averaged like 7.4, 7.8 yards per carry. Oh yeah. This is a five yard gain here to set up a third and five, another counter ish type of run. And it's not even the backside guard that pulls, but you get two pullers with, the, the motioning tight end right there coming Cole Turner to kick out. So you get two kickout blocks from the sniffer and that motioning tight end. And Brian Robinson finds a hole and, and just I, keeps his leg moving.
2: And I think they do a good job of that. Scott Turner and the Washington commanders of using like different, like having different kind of ways to, to incorporate pullers into your run game a lot with the tight ends and with the H backs and, having some of them use their momentum. Like if you can see this dude coming around in motion, well, he's going to have momentum coming into this block, right? Like that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. He's going to have that momentum carrying with him. So maybe something, you know, if we stick and if we stick with this run heavy approach that we have right now as an offense and our identity, maybe something the Giants can look to do.
1: And This is 12 personnel and you can see how the Giants are aligned in a different manner. They have three defensive linemen to the left, the offensive left of the center with just Hattie, outside of the tackle to the play side of where the counter is running. And Hattie kind of struggles to contain. Like he gets down to contain. He keeps everything narrow. But watch how John Bates just kind of finishes that block with just authority and drives Hattie to the deck.
2: Yep. So it sets up a third and five here. Um on this one they're just running quick game here. They just try to basically catch the ball, throw it to Mc McLaurin and good rally by the Giants here to stop him short for one yard uh for a four yard gain.
1: Yeah, and we get Kayvon Thibodeau on it as a free rusher. Get schemed up. Giants just load up the line of scrimmage. So Taylor Heineke throws right where Terry McLaurin is going to be. Since Kayvon Thibodeau didn't drop into coverage, what do you have? You have three on three, but Jason Pinnock is like 15 yards off the ball or something. So this is right. just a good recognition from Heineke to get the ball to Terry McLaurin, and the Giants do an excellent job just rallying and stopping him.
0: But I love how and the they- Giants
1: load load up the line of scrimmage, right? Like, look, you have... What, six guys on the line of scrimmage? Micah McFadden has to be respected. He drops off, and now you get a free rusher because no one's going to kick over to take Kayvon Thibodeau.
2: Yep. And that sets up a fourth and one where the Washington football team's going to go for it on this, make the decision early, and they're going to run here off tackle, um, and it's going to be a five-yard game for Robinson on the first down out of the shotgun.
1: This is something else that the Giants have done, or I mean the Commanders have done a pretty good job with throughout this game was aligning two wide receivers, sometimes a tight end and a wide receiver right next to the tackle, just a very reduced split from these receiving options. And, you know, the giants have struggled with that traditionally all season this time. They don't block down or anything. They just bring Terry McLaurin across the formation with 85 to kind of kick out any backside pursuit defenders. And it's just a zone run for Robinson who picks it up. Look how much attention is
2: paid at that second level to Taylor Heineke potentially keeping this. Um, yeah. You see it's it. also the,
1: yeah, it's the oh, it's the motion or the yeah. movement, I should say, post snap of Terry McLaurin. You have Nick McCloud and Darnay Holmes. both yeah, he be sells removed. That, that well. Yeah, it's just a, a byproduct of,
2: of that yeah, kind of good movement. You by them. Yep. Absolutely. Takes those guys out of the box, makes it pretty easy. So first down, they're going to go with a uh, misdirection pitch here. Um, instead of going with the actual pitch, they're going to hand it to Michael. Uh, sorry, to Samuel and Kayvon Thibodeau. I feel like he just kind of either like knew this from film study. Or guessed and got right. I don't know which one it is because he was so dialed in that this wasn't going to go to Gibson on the pitch. He was ready for this to be handed to um, Samuel on like that, you know, jet sweep type motion.
1: Well, if you look at what the Giants are doing, the Giants bring Darnay Holmes down about two yards outside of Thibodeau, so now he's going to replace Thibodeau and have primary contain. He's going to be the forced defender. So if this is some sort of play to the right side of the offense away from Thibodeau, Thibodeau can just crash down the line of scrimmage and get to the backside win with backside pursuit. So he doesn't even need to worry about contain because you can see Darnay right. Holmes is the player who is going to be in contain there. So Thibodeau just runs directly at the handoff point and he sees that the guard and tackle are pulling and he just kind of runs right into Curtis Samuel. And these, these, like I said, these Curtis Samuel run plays, I get it. This was in their opening script, but <laughs> the giants were not fooled surprisingly enough because the giants have been fooled by similar type of plays all season.
2: Yeah, and this is the first of many big plays for Thibodeau in this game. Sets up a second and 13. They're just going to see, you're going to see your first look of uh, the attention the Giants are willing to pay to Terry McLaurin here with somewhat of a bracket coverage there, making sure he doesn't beat you here on the second and long. And so it's pretty well covered across the board. And so just a check down from Heineke to Gibson. I don't know, maybe if this was the design to potentially like clear out space for Gibson so they can get into a third and manageable I'm not sh- not exactly sure with those other three routes being pretty vertically based oriented I should say but either way it's a four-yard game
1: yeah four-yard gain just Giants have both those linebackers dropped to a soft zone just try to get in a reasonable field goal position similar to what the Giants did with the Matt Breida play on their 18 play drive but you can see at the top of the screen that's Terry McLaurin backside of three by one set outside the numbers you can see how Fabian Murrell he's not working over the top he is staying low into the inside hip of Terry McLaurin with help coming over the top. You can see how that deep safety is dropping outside the numbers to cloud cover over McLaurin, paying attention to him. And this is the first case that we've seen of a cornerback and safety kind of double-teaming him because the last play we saw was Kayvon Thibodeau in the cornerback. So obviously, much different type of uh, players there.
2: Yep. Sets up a third and nine here where the Giants are going to come with a five-man pass rush. They said that's an extra blitzer. And actually... The deep post on the bottom of your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, is open. It's a blown coverage by the Giants. There's a miscommunication in the back end, but the pressure is there fast enough to the point where there's not enough time. Plus, you know, you can argue the quarterback, maybe if he if he had more anticipation, could have made this throw. I don't know. But either way, it's a, it's a win for the Giants, despite, you know, blowing the coverage on the back end.
1: Terrible blown coverage too. the commanders are in a three by one set and Logan Thomas is just going to run a deep out route. Nick McLeod and Darnay Holmes both play the out route. Nobody plays the post. You have a single high safety who was paying attention to Terry McLaurin on the backside, not necessarily in cloud coverage, but he kind of drops and he shades to that direction. So nobody's there to take Jahan Dotson, just a complete blown coverage. And luckily the New York Giants get home with a sack by Ryder Anderson. Thanks mostly to Dexter Lawrence just blowing right through the A-gap, as you'll see here on YouTube. Taylor Heineck has to step up, and then he tries to run around, and Ryder Anderson ends up bringing him down. And this will be the first of, I would say, a few, man, quite a few blown coverages or just deep receivers that were running with nobody around them in this game. Yeah,
2: Maybe that's part of the game plan, too, to take those chances. I don't know, but either way, it worked out for the most part in this game. So that's a good, successful drive. It ends in a punt. They decide, despite getting those four yards on second and long, not to kick the field goal. They don't want to take a chance with the wind. And so it's zero points for the football team. And this second drive is a nine play, 47-yard drive. It ends in a field goal. They put some points on the on the board. It starts with, you know, something we've seen a lot of counter. What do, what do we see? Counters. And this is like this play to me was really, it stood out because this should at worst be like a four-yard game. It turns to a 15-yard game. And I really just think this is just really poorly played by the Giants. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, this should just never go for 15.
1: No, it shouldn't. And Michael McFadden kind of falls for the formation and the movement of Curtis Samuel. So Washington is under center, and they are in kind of an offset eye formation with Curtis Samuel acting as a quote-unquote fullback. And he doesn't fit or or do anything in terms of blocking the counter run. Backside guard and the sniffer are still going to pull, but Samuel just runs to the flat and Micah McFadden, instead of filling, he's going to expand with Curtis Samuel. So you can even see Aziz Ojolari, who is the play side defender. He intercepts that guard. That He keeps everything pretty narrow. It's not like he's getting blown up here or anything. It's just Micah McFadden was too distracted to, to fill. And then Jalen Smith doesn't really replace him. 78 is able to block and then locate Jalen Smith. And then Robinson just kind of takes Smith and Cordell Fly and a bunch of Giants for a ride. I mean, that is a 15-yard game. I, I just don't know why Washington straight away from because it was working basically (laughs) the entire game. I know. It's very
2: odd. But here, once again, they stray away from it here by not running and traditionally and going with the jet sweep with Samuel. This is such a great play by Kayvon Thibodeau, man. I mean, he just blows this thing up in the backfield with the penetration going right into 82, pushing him backwards. That screws up the path. And then even after that, having the wherewithal and the effort to come back and make the tackle. You did enough just by pushing and blowing up the play by by getting in there with that penetration. That would have been enough, but he wanted more.
1: Yeah, I think this play was going to just be blown up regardless of the fact right. because Darnay Holmes doesn't really bite. He stays put and you also have or who is that Julian Love maybe Julian Love and Darnay Holmes seem to be in position or no, that's Tony Jefferson. My bad, but Kayvon Thibodeau, man, he just blocks Logan Thomas right into the path of Curtis Samuel and blows this play up. And you Gotta love what you're seeing from this rookie that goes for two yards, but damn, dude, you don't see a lot of veteran players make plays like this. And you know, Scott Turner was like, yeah, we'll just run this towards a rookie. He'll probably fall. No, not Kayvon Thibodeau. And like you said, man, the effort to make the tackle effort is definitely a key word for Kayvon Thibodeau throughout this entire game.
2: A little bit of breaking news. If you want to just pause the tape for a second, breaking news that just came down: the Giants have cut, uh, have released Tate Crowder. Wow!
1: It started- Damn it! You know what? I really wish you you asked me who because that would have been my first freaking guess. That would have been my first guess. Obviously, yeah. he cut me. He runs his mouth, you know, a couple weeks ago, and then they put him in the game, and he surrenders a touchdown, and he doesn't even see the field in this game. I don't think it's not a surprise.
2: It's not a surprise, but it is interesting that he did start the first eight games of the season. That's pretty pretty interesting, and he was an every-down linebacker for some of them, and they don't have any linebackers behind him. It just shows, like, despite the lack of depth, they caught him. And I think a lot of this does have to do with what he said on social media and about— because we haven't seen Rodarius Williams either since, and Rodarius Williams is a pretty good game before he said what he said. So it's like, I think they're making a statement like, we're not the team that you can just run your mouth on social media and kind of like complain about your roles and stuff like that. That's not going to be us. And of course this would be different if it was like Leonard Williams or or like Dexter Lawrence, they'd be like, all right, bud, like don't, don't do that again. (laughs) They're not going to cut those guys. But if you're a back end guy trying to fight for this team, they're going to give it to the guy that's working his butt off instead and not running his mouth and just putting his head down and going to work. And like, and that's, that's fact of the matter. And honestly, like I never felt, I know some have, have made the case that Tate Crowder should be playing over Jalen Smith. I never felt that from this, the film I've seen. Regardless of what he said, I never felt that from the film. And I know you felt the same way because you've said it yeah. countless times over the last two weeks. So I think they are making the correct decision. I don't think it's just like, oh, this guy ran his mouth. We'll lose a little bit of you know production at linebacker by
1: cutting him. I think they're legitimately, he's the worst of the three. He definitely is the worst of the three. And... You might have Landon Collins be activated to this roster and off the practice. Yeah, squad this is probably can, gonna be the sign. Yeah. Great. So he can he can play that role. Now, is he a linebacker? No, but no. When, we've said it several times. The Giants want to use lighter tail Was Tay personal.
2: a linebacker? Like Tay made so many mistakes too when it comes to choosing yeah. the right gaps and stuff like that. It's not like Tay the only one who I feel like is has any real clue. Well, no, I think McFadden has a good clue of what to do. And and I think Jalen does for the most part. But I didn't feel like Tay ever did. I just feel like he, you know, it didn't. And he played this position for a long time now in this defense. Obviously, it's a different and, scheme. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think he was recruited as either a running back or a safety at Georgia, am yeah. not. Mistaken. It was not. It was. It was not a
2: linebacker by any means.
1: Yeah, and it, and you can kind of see that through the film. If we're yeah. gonna be honest, and I'm not trying to be a dick here or anything. No. It's just Tay Crowder was out of position a lot. That was the big issue last year. The Giants went into this season. They couldn't upgrade every position. They just couldn't. Yeah. And you have Tay Crowder as your starter. And that's that's one reason why when Blake Martinez left the team and now he's retired, we were like, oh, crap. Like, what the hell is going to happen? This <laughs> is going to be gonna last
2: year. And look how bad it's been. It's been even worse than I could have imagined at linebacker. I've never seen linebacker play this bad in my entire life with the Giants. And the Giants have had some horrific linebacker situations. Do you remember the year? where this one, the recent one was when they had, like, the David Mayo stuff, but there was a year once where, like, John Beast they traded for Beeson, and he got hurt, and then, like, what was left of it, they had to, like, bring Chase Blackburn back out of, like, being a math teacher, and, like, he, like, ended up playing, like, a 80% snap game. I can't remember the season. Someone on the listener can bring this back up. It was, like, they're in the, in the teens range, in the 20-teens range. I don't remember which one. Do why, you remember but-
1: the name of the starting linebacker who started against Dallas as a rookie undrafted kid, and he surrendered, I think it was, like, 12 catches and two touchdowns to jason witten no you don't remember one younger oh yeah oh yes i do remember
2: that now and he ended up like there have been some bad situations and i didn't do the film for those so i shouldn't say this is the worst it's ever been but this is as bad linebacker play as you can almost get as far as nfl standards go like if you look across the nfl all the teams we've seen on the opposite side of it no one has linebackers playing as bad as the giants linebackers are right now that i've seen so far
1: and since we're called since we kind of deviated and we're talking about the linebackers and i do think this is important if Micah McFadden can figure out a way to become a little bit better in terms of knowing where he's supposed to be mm-hmm. as a as a pass covering defender. And if he was just maybe a little bit more spry, I would be a little bit more optimistic because I do think between the tackles in the box, he has some value. He he fits the run pretty aggressively. He he's does. typically in position. I know the play we just went over Curtis Samuel. He had to respect Curtis Samuel, kind of took him away from the gap. But when you watch, you can see he's a little bit more instinctive. He can get really freaking low into contact, yep. stay square to the blocks. I would say he does a okay job using his hands to kind of keep himself clean. Whereas Jalen Smith, I think he can do that, but he's not always in the optimal position. Does he Kind of struggles to scrape over the top and get himself into position and then take Crowder, who is no longer on the team. He just... um really struggled to know exactly where to be. I felt like he was always just guessing a lot, a lot of guesses. Even someone him. like
2: Jalen Smith, like they didn't even bring him in for training camp. Like they just brought him in, in the middle of the season, like a panic move. And now he's like playing out so many snaps. Like that's not ideal, but I don't think they've like, I think they actually did as much as they possibly could of this past offseason, given their limited resources. They tried to mm-hmm. get to McFadden and Beavers. Beavers injury really hurt them. They were really counting on him and he was starting to take some crowder's reps. And he probably would have been playing a lot of snaps right now, to be completely honest. And so that was just kind of bad luck. And that's gonna happen sometimes. But keep pouring those resources in because this is if this doesn't change, like if they just say, Oh, McFadden will get better, we like what we see from Jalen Smith, and let's take another flyer on a fifth round, uh, you know, a day three pick, and then we'll just kind of hope Beavers returns well from injury. It's gonna be rough, I think, again, for us next year. And I don't think this defense can ever get to the next level if it has this kind of linebacker play, personally. Like
1: we like we've said on other podcasts, look what Roquan Smith has done for Baltimore. Right. He significantly upgraded that entire defense. And when right? you watch,
2: and I know they didn't draft them high, because Rocom was a high draft pick, and a lot of people argue against yeah. that. And I know they didn't draft them high, San Fran. Greenlaw was like a fifth-round pick, and Warner was obviously a third. But just watching that Seattle game last week on Thursday Night Football, man, those linebackers made so many plays, and they made such an impact on that game. And I know they have a good D-line too, but we have a good D-line too. And yet we have so many issues at the second level because no matter how good your D-line is, if your linebackers are that bad, it's not going to matter. But when your linebackers are playing at that level, the Greenlaw, Warner, and I heard, what's his name talking about it? One of the announcers, I forgot who, Um, crap. He was on one of the podcasts I listened to and he, he calls the games and he said he had an opportunity. Who was it? He said he had an opportunity to talk to like D'Amico uh, Ryans about what they do. And he's like, I came away from that, like just with such an enlightened view of like what. The responsibility like every single play Greenlaw and Warner know so many they have responsibilities on every single play a ton of them each and they play the responsibilities so freaking well it's not just like diagnosing them. I'll have to go back and listen and, and you know, talk to you about it off pod or maybe bring it up on another, but it was just something interesting that stood out about how like t- locked in and t- in tune those guys are. It's not just that they're like freak athletes. Warner is, but it's not like Greenlaw is like some like unbelievable prospect that just like you couldn't miss. And somehow he dropped around five. He's just really heady and really instinctual and he's playing. and He knows his role within the defense. And he plays it really well. And just, I don't know, watching that team, their linebacker play stood out.
1: They're smart. They're very smart, yeah. but back to the That's second giant
2: Yes. Play. This is the second and eight. Um, this time you see maybe not the best discipline from Kayvon Thibodeau on the zone read, and it leads to kind of a wide open lane for Taylor Heineke to run around. Good block on the edge, too, by looks like the puller, one of their tight ends, I think, or an H-back. Looks like one of those it's two. Cole, I don't remember. Cole
1: Turner that. takes Turner. out Cornell Flot.
2: Yep. Does a good job blocking Flot on the edge, and it's a nine-yard gain for a first down.
1: I think Thibodeau thought he was going to get cut here by Cole Turner. Mm-hmm. Remember, That's how he was hurt against Thad Moss in the preseason. Turner just runs around him, and then he's like, oh, crap, I lost contain. I don't think this is the only time Thibodeau loses contain in this game. He had another one where he kind of did too, so something to monitor, but he's typically really disciplined. He's just trying to make a play, and I'm sure he'd be the first to say, I got to do better there.
2: Yep, sets up at first and 10. They're going to run jet motion here, and they're just going to run a stretch run off of it to Gibson, and it gets four yards.
1: Four yards, and Aziz Ojolari, they're running out of Zizo Jalari a lot in this game, but I felt like he did a better job in this game against a pretty good rushing team than he has in the past. Yes. So here he chips Terry yeah. McLaurin and then he works to the inside of Charles Leno and locates Antonio Gibson right in the B gap to make this tackle. You you just hope like
2: at least I do, man, when I watch this day, occasionally like Jalen Smith will just make a better play right here. Like, or just any of these linebackers will just be in the backfield making plays. Like it just it just it never happens. It's not even like occasional with these guys.
1: Yeah, the Giants too. They're in there. Two defensive linemen. Yeah, two four five defense. Yep. So the defensive linemen are on the opposite side of the center. Essentially, you have kind of a one shade from Dexter Lawrence, but the tackle and the guard are basically uncovered with are saying
2: It's an easy front to run on, right?
1: It's an easy front to run on, and it's really difficult for Jalen Smith because Jalen Smith is going up against a guard who has no trash in front of him, right? So it's an easy climb and locate location for that guard.
2: Yeah. I agree with that. It's not not an easy play. I just see some of these linebackers who are able to kind of, like, use their hands and, like, stay square and then, like, you know, get around them quick or just not be beat like that, like push back fully off the ball. But it is what it is. Second and six here. They're smart. They go back to the run. This time with a toss play. It's 10 yards to Gibson. Um, you know, we know the Giants struggle with perimeter runs, and this is another play where you just don't see much from the second level.
1: Look at those two wide receivers. They're both reduced. What are they going to do? They're going to block down Aziz Ojolari and the play side tackle is going to kick into space to Cordell Flott. This reminds me a lot of week three against Dallas. It's similar type of concept. This is a ran out of I formation though, man. To I me, formation 11 personnel. Yeah. Up,
2: to me, it's like, look where McFadden is aligned pre-snap and look where Gibson is aligned, and they're running a pitch. I, like, I just need something more from my linebacker. I need you to get quick, like run, 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 get quickly over. Don't let number two or receiver like take you out of this play. It's just like, I don't know, man, this is the type of stuff where I look at it and I'm like, is McFadden really the future? Like, and it's, it's okay. It's one play and you probably can break it down better than I can and be like, well, it's tough for him, but he's aligned. Like he's, he's, he has a step on Gibson before the snap.
1: He definitely has a step, but you also have the two reduced wide receivers, one yeah. blocking down on his ease and then Diami Brown. All he has to do is get in the way of Micah McFadden and McFadden stresses and he pushes and he pushes and then he ends up taking out Cole Turner, which allows Julian love to make the tackle. But I agree, man. Ideally, you want the linebacker to somehow get around this wide receiver block. I I think it is a little bit easier said than done. It a, a, is. Yeah, on a field run when you have two blockers who are essentially coming right at you, like both Cole Turner and Diami Brown are going right at Micah McFadden. And luckily for the Giants, Micah McFadden was able to intercept both of those blockers to allow other Giant defenders to make this play. It's just a well-executed and designed play against Giant front. You have five guys, you know, tight front. So you, your three defensive linemen are all inside the tackle box, and then you can just block down on that edge, and it puts a ton of stress on the safety Cordell Flott and Micah McFadden.
2: That's fair. I think I think that's a good analysis of it. And I should, you know, lay off there on on McFadden. So it says up a first and 10 here. And we're going to see an RPO zone read here type play. Um, And you're going to see Washington once again get stuck. Kavon Thibodeau make an incredible play in the backfield for a loss of two.
1: Yeah. Read Kavon Thibodeau and be weary because watch just look how square he stays to the mesh point. He is dialed into that football. And once he sees the football is handed off to Robinson, he just makes this tackle. I mean, Brian Robinson gets five yards in every play, right? Not on this one because Kayvon <laughs> Thibodeau is right in his face. And you can see this is going to be a GT type of play where that guard and tackle, they are pulling. And Brian Robinson this is going to be a counter run where he's supposed to follow the guard and tackle. Taylor Heineke decides to hand the football off because Kayvon Thibodeau steps down. And he, like Taylor Heineke, at this point, if you're watching on YouTube, he doesn't know what the hell to do because you're screwed either way. Kayvon Thibodeau played this so well. If Taylor Heineke kept it, he had an RPO options dialed into this, man. There were tags at the bottom or at the top of the screen if you want to check it out on YouTube where he could throw to number one. He could throw to Jahan Dotson flat. I think that's, It's more than likely what should have happened. I'm not certain if that was more of a distraction, and it's not something that, you know, Scott Turner wants to be executed upon, because if you look, 87 is already downfield blocking past a yard from the line of scrimmage. So maybe that's why it wasn't, because if it was something that they had built into their playbook that was realistic, Jahan Dotson has so much leverage to the outside of whoever that defender is, Darnay Holmes, I believe.
2: Yeah. Sets up a second and 12 here. You get a good pass rush rep here from Aziz Ojolari. If you're taking a look at this, Nick put up all the pass rush reps from Ojolari and Thibodeau on his Twitter account. So check those out. Um, And this pass rush definitely impacts the pass. I think from Heineke, who has to kind of shift his body weight and throw off platform versus, versus uh, from a balanced base. And it's a bad throw off target to Gibson.
1: And you're going to have a quarter quarter half look with Fabian Moreau and Meg man everywhere he goes. So he has man coverage on Terry McLaurin. Again, the attention paid to Terry McLaurin, just man coverage him and Antonio Moreau gets taken out. I don't know how this is an OPI, right? Because he runs directly in the Logan Thomas. Looks incidental to me, but the Giants have been called for this three times this season and Logan Thomas gets uprooted and we'll look at Aziz Jalari's pass rush. I just feel like this guy's like a ninja sometimes with how he's able to either get around the edge or go inside and just get skinny. He just makes the tackle miss. Luckily, this was dropped in the Throw was just not necessarily on target. If we check it out from the end zone angle, we're going to have to go back here. This was second and 12, if I'm not mistaken. So let's go yep, back second to and 12. As looks like, watch how he just wins to the inside. Presses the outside shoulder. It just looks like the tackle to me has no answer for it. He's going to engage with both of his hands. He's going to push and then he's just going to go right inside. Look how he just dips that outside shoulder and gets skinny and low. And then right into the face, I'll pull that right back up, right into the face of Taylor Heineke to force this overthrow of Antonio Gibson.
2: Very well done by Aziz Julari there. And the result of that play is an incompletion. Then there's a combination of two straight false starts by Washington, set up a third and 22, where they're just going to kind of check down and get into field goal range.
1: Yep. And uh, I'm surprised the Giants surrendered that, but they just were looking to hold them the three, I guess, because the Giants yeah. didn't even really align anywhere near.
2: Yeah. They really were playing that. like We just don't want you to get the first down or a big play.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. I was running low on some groceries, so naturally I went to a store that sells said groceries to look for my refreshments. There I was in the beverage aisle, and I saw these tall boys of what I originally thought was beer. But it was actually in the bottled water section, and it was mountain spring water from the Alps, and it was called Liquid Death. And I thought to myself, do I want to try this beverage that is named Liquid Death? Because I hear it brutally murders your thirst, and their recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles and they also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Those are some pretty cool causes. So I bought myself some Liquid Death, and I enjoyed it. I was parched, and then I drank it, so I was not. So if you want to try some of this Liquid Death, go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods market, Target, and stop-and-shop stores, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. That's liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. So three points, and then it sets up the third drive. This is a fun
2: one for Giants fans. This is the one with the strip sack force fumble touchdown, but it starts off here with a little single back split zone run here. With a fake end around with the jet sweep motion,
1: doesn't fool the Giants much, and it's a two-yard gain here. This is a very good play by Jalen Smith. So yes. watch 54 in the middle of the defense. He's going to see that there's a gap opening right off the ass of Justin Ellis. Right now, he is looking at the running back. So he positions himself in the A-gap, forces the cut back, and then works around to make the tackle. It's a very good play by Jalen Smith. Yeah, this is the
2: type of linebacker play you want to see on a more consistent basis right there from Giants. It's it's, it's a flash,
1: and it's something to build on, hopefully. Um, and that's a two-yard gain. And then Kayvon Thibodeau just olays this this uh, cut block by 87. John Bates, again, remember, he was hurt by that same block. He just makes him whiff and then helps Jalen Smith with the tackle. Of course, Kayvon Thibodeau with all of his effort concerns.
2: I hate those cut blocks. I really wish it wasn't a thing in the NFL, but it is, and it's fine. Then there was a holding penalty on Lucas, which I, if I'm going to be honest, Nick, I thought was a bit eh on that run. I guess he kind of got his outside arm around, but we'll take it because it sets up the second and 18, and here's the strip sack by Kayvon Thibodeau, the recovery, the touchdown, really individual, great individual pass rush here from Kayvon Thibodeau.
1: Just a great effort, great play by Kayvon Thibodeau. And I'm wondering what the communication is. He's talking to Aziz Ojolari before the snap. He's rubbing his face. Aziz Ojolari gives him the thumbs up. Not 100% certain. Maybe he's saying, hey, we're going to go wide here. And you could just see how Kayvon Thibodeau wins high side, engages with both of his hands, and watch how he uses his outside arm. And he grabs the cloth. He grabs the jersey of the outside shoulder of this tackle and just throws it inside. See how he kind of has a hold of it? Just kind of influences it inside, and then he just brings the inside arm over, kind of chops down. And at that point, he's easily up the pass rushing arc, and he could just corner and get his hips right into Taylor Heineke to force this fumble strip sack. I know a lot of people were a little upset in week 13 that Kayvon Thibodeau didn't do this against Taylor Heineke when it was backed up in the same type of area. He didn't get the strip sack. Well, you were rewarded now.
2: Hey, exactly. We all were that's a touchdown for the Giants, seven points in a game where they'd only have one offensive touchdown. So it's insanely necessary for them to get a defensive touchdown. The first defensive touchdown of the year for the New York football Giants. Pretty insane. Came at an incredibly important time. That sets up this fourth drive, which is a six-play, 28-yard drive. And it's going to start with a first and 10 look here where they got columns in the box. So this is kind of the example we were talking about earlier when we started the podcast. This is a bad play by Landon Collins, right? He he picks the wrong gap here. He misreads the run, and it leaves an open gap. Like, if he accounts for this correctly, this is what? A one-yard gain, a two-yard gain. Instead, it turns into a
1: 14-yard gain. Now, I'm not really sure what the hell Collins is doing. So the Giants are in this penny front. Penny front means five guys on the line of scrimmage, one linebacker. But you have Collins acting as a linebacker here. But it, like, you can technically say it's not a penny front because he's in the box. But regardless, he's a safety. He's down in the box. And I'm not certain what he's doing because he steps towards the double team. And I know there's a two-way go, but you have Jalen Smith right there to your right, kind of accounting for that A gap. And he just allows the B gap to come wide open. And then it gets intercepted by that guard. This ends up being a nice 13-yard rush for Brian Robinson. Just not the best play from Collins, but also peak number five, Kayvon Thibodeau. Ole again, (laughs) he just tosses the split action guy away from him. And it's just fun to look at.
2: And Good for him. We don't want those those stupid injury like that. An unlucky one
1: sets up a first and 10. And the good thing
2: is, and I think this will be something reflected by the coaching staff and they'll look at it and be happy about this. A really bad play or a, just let's say a negative play by Collins is followed up by a really good play by him right away. The play after. So that is gotta be a good sign for the coaching as he's kind of learning this linebacker hybrid type position for them right now um this is one of the best plays of the game by any defender not named Kayvon Thibodeau here diagnoses this right like you always say Nick and I think this is a great evaluation or observation by you Landon Collins does a really good job of getting square and low when he gets toward the line of scrimmage that helps you make that helps these tackles go from you know miss tackle yards after contact for the running back to sure tackle running backs on the ground one yard gain or actually this is a, this is a no gain.
1: This is a no game, but this is, like you said, man, this is an amazing play. Collins stays so square, and then watch how he gets low right underneath Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is engaged with Aziz Ojolari, tries to pass him off to the tackle, and then he goes to block, and just look how he just makes Logan Thomas whiff. That's just excellent. like Look how low he is. That requires a lot of bend, a lot of control, great technique near the line of scrimmage from a safety, and this is why I think the Giants are going to entertain this guy as a linebacker moving forward.
2: Yeah, now with the Crowder Crowder being released, I think there's a good mm-hmm. chance he will get, hopefully, upgraded to the active roster full-time now, Collins, and, and removed from the practice squad. On this second and 10, they go back to the run. Giants are in a dime personnel look. Uh, light box there for sure. And they run, and it's a 10-yard game because uh, Flot loses contain on the outside.
1: Yeah, Flot kind of gets blown up. Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't get out there either. This could have been Kayvon Thibodeau as that primary force, and then Flott was a secondary force. But the lead block coming from the backside just eliminates Cordell Flott. You know, Flott has those issues in terms of just lacking size. But it also looks like Kayvon Thibodeau, he engages, he's seeing what's happening. He gets steps to the inside, steps to the inside, and it gets spilt outside. And he's not necessarily there, but Jason Pinnock delivers a really nice hit on Brian Robinson to force a fumble that eventually just trickles out of bounds. But you can see, man, just how many creative running styles Scott Turner and this Washington offense—how many of them they use to attack the outside. Like this is this rushing attack, obviously, is specifically designed to attack the vulnerabilities of this Giants defense, and they were having so much success throughout this game running the football.
2: Yeah, you're right, and for some reason they went away from it. We still don't know why. Sets so up a first and ten. They dial up a deep shot here. The deep post here to Diami Brown. This one could have been a touchdown if Taylor Heineke has a little bit more arm talent, and I think the Giants got away with a penalty here because you can see at the end of this, Julian Love grabs the left arm of Diami Brown. Um, I'm wondering if it's not flagged because they think the ball's uncatchable, or if it's not flagged because the ref just didn't see him grab his left arm. But um, Giants definitely—it was—it was—it was definitely nice for the Giants on this one.
1: Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, the ref is in position to see that little grab and Diami Brown falls down, but it might just have been because they didn't think it was, wasn't catchable. It doesn't even look like he even considers, he doesn't even reach for his flag, but if Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes throws this or even Daniel Jones or even Daniel Jones for that matter, if 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 Jones
2: decides to throw it, I agree with you. Yep.
1: Yes. Because this ball is thrown at the 50 yard line and it falls just before the end zone. Now that's kind of a far pass, but as an NFL quarterback, you got to make that and you have, it's not a ton of space, but that deep post beats Julian Love. And Diane right. Brown is on top of him. If, if this ball is placed near the D or the top of the N or even the middle of the N, this is a touchdown, yeah. I think. So anywhere near. Yep. <laughs> anywhere near. Exactly. And Julian you Love. You could put an air it.
0: under it.
2: You could let him run under it. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be precise.
1: No, it does not. It does not. And you can see the attention at the bottom of the screen being paid to Terry McLaurin. Once again, you're going to have trail technique. From Fabian Moreau, he's going to work underneath Terry McLaurin. And then what do you have? You have a safety over the top. Just right. so much attention being paid to Terry McLaurin whenever the Giants are using cover six or whatever coverage they're in. And right here, you can see they're definitely matching this. And good, good route by Diami Brown to, to get some leverage on Julian Love. And good little subtle play by Julian Love to get you forced him to fall down. Now it's a
2: second and 10 here. Zone read for four yards to Antonio Gibson.
1: And Dexter Lawrence does a pretty good job just fighting off this block. It looks like the center, I believe that is, trips up. But Dexter Lawrence just does Dexter Lawrence things, man. He's so difficult to block. Just how much power he has stops us for a four-yard game, which is still a positive for the offense, but it could have been worse. Obviously, Big 97 just taking that center for a ride and tossing him to the deck. <laughs>
2: yep. And now we have on a third and six, they're going to go empty here Washington. And they're going to try to run like a deep cross, like a mesh deep cross here. From a cover one look, and Giants haven't, you know, we haven't seen as much cover one as he used to earlier this season. But there's a one high safety cover one look, and he makes a really good play on this ball. I think Pinoff. This is probably the best play that Pinnock's made in my mind, at least since he came to the Giants.
1: Yeah, I mean, he might have got there a little bit early, but I, I think it's nah, so yeah. bang bang that it's fine. And this is Terry McLaurin aligned as the number three. They're like, okay, you want to keep double covering McLaurin. We're going to align him as the number three. Try to run him across the formation. And Pinnock just takes a really good angle to the catch point. And you could see that McLaurin, he he gets Darnay Holmes. You know, he, he has some separation on Darnay Holmes. Now, Holmes knows he has the safety, but that's still a really good angle by the center field safety to break this up. Yep. And that's going to set up a punt. And so now the
2: Giants get off the field again. They started to threaten potential yards, potential points, zero points out of this. And so great job by the Giants defense, really. And so it'll set up their fifth drive eventually after that. This one is in a two minute drill here just before the half. They go five plays 15 yards and the Giants force another punt here. This one, they start to get a little more aggressive in their play calling, I thought. Um, and here it starts with the three by one mash. They try to run a double post on the top of your screen. If you're watching, that's long developing and you need to, you know, if, that, if you're going to run that, you got to hope that you get a lot of time in the pocket, and the Giants have it covered, honestly, pretty damn well. Like at the top, at the bottom, your top of your screen, I should say. And so,
1: nothing available. The twist up front gets there,
2: and the pressures forces a errant throw.
1: Yeah, the cover six worked again. The Giants are finding a way to kind of confuse Taylor Heineke and hopefully remove some of those deep passing options while generating a four-man pass rush with twisting. And that's what something that the Giants. Do on this next play as well. They twist up front with four guys. It's just Taylor Heineke hits Terry McLaurin off leverage type of coverage in the cover three for ten yards to move the sticks.
2: Yep, and that is going to set up a first and ten here, and it's going to be eleven personnel coming out for the football team. They have, and once again, you're going to see double coverage on McLaurin, something we've seen a lot of, and it ends up being. Uh, three-yard gain here.
1: Yeah, If you look at Terry McLaurin, look, bottom of the screen, Fabian Moreau stays outside, underneath. And Then you have, I believe that's Julian Love, who is inside over the top. So much attention being paid to Terry McLaurin. And then just a bunch of crossing routes with the Giants in man coverage. And Giants, they're able to stick with their assignments and almost an interception for Darnay Holmes. It just goes for a short yeah. little catch.
2: Sets up a second and seven. Cover six look from the Giants As I mean, Nick mentioned uh, earlier, we're going to see a lot of these cover six looks in this game versus at least what we've seen in the regular season. So, how do they adjust to that? Little check down to Gibson, but doesn't go for much. Just a
1: two yard gain here. Just soft leverage, guys dropping to depth. As you can see, I believe the Giants were looking to possibly double Terry McLaurin, but he runs an under route, gets passed to Darnay Holmes, who does a really good job removing the in route. You see how Darnay Holmes at the bottom of the screen near the 40 yard line is right on top of the in break from Terry McLaurin, Terry Taylor he wants to throw it there, but he can't because Darnay Holmes is in great position. And then there's the flag route, which ends up getting double teamed from the number two receiver with the safety and Fabian Moreau. So just check the football down to Antonio Gibson to force a third and five.
2: Yep. And on third and five, the last play before the half, it's another cover six look, they go back to it. Why not? It's almost the end of the half. Um, this was a play that we were talking about earlier where you can see the post from Dodson. It's open if Heineke wants to throw it. And he probably has the step he needs here. Um, you know, later in the game he hooked up with Dodson on a 61 yarder, and it was not, not even like a good he didn't have a step. That was like a kind of a effort throw from from Heineke, I felt like, and it just worked. Um because Pinnock was in pretty good coverage, but just he doesn't see it here and, and it works to the Giants' benefit.
1: In the middle of the field safety, Julian Love kind of bends with Logan Thomas. And at the moment, you could see Julian Love's opening up to Logan Thomas as Thomas bends around Landon Collins. Taylor Heineke's looking in the direction of Julian Love, and the post hasn't really come up yet. You can see Fabian Moreau is in good position on the outside hip of Jahan Dotson, but then Dotson just turns on the Jets a little bit. And Taylor Heineke kind of capitulated to the pressure. Good job by Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau to apply the pressure. And then he just throws it incomplete along the sidelines. I wouldn't say that's the most egregious miss by Taylor Heineke, but if he was a little bit more patient, Jahan Dotson would have came open over the middle of the field. It would have made a tough throw. And I'm not even sure if Taylor Heineke had the type of velo to drive that in there with Julian Love in the area, but just another one of those plays that possibly were left on the field by this Washington offense.
2: That takes us to half a really pretty much Dominant half by the Giants. I don't want to say dominant because they couldn't stop the run, but really great half because they came up in big spots on third downs and in pass down situations. Didn't really let up much at all in the past game. You know, a screen here, a, a couple throws there. But right out of halftime, Turner makes a great adjustment. Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator and play caller for the Commanders. And that leads to a 91-yard touchdown drive on just six plays. It starts here with just... Over three look from the Giants, and what do you do? You take advantage of the off leverage here against Terry McLaurin. They're obviously looking for ways to get McLaurin the ball when they didn't bracket him and didn't double cover him and throw right there, 18 yard gain.
1: Yeah, and the Giants are trying to bracket and remove—not well, really bracket, but they're trying to remove this quick curl with Kayvon Thibodeau. It's Kayvon Thibodeau, he's going to. Be in the box. He is not on the line of scrimmage, but Kayvon Thibodeau has to respect all of this eye candy. You have two H-backs who are flowing. Kayvon Thibodeau is the will here. And then you have Taylor Heineke going to the mesh point, and that's just going to hold Kayvon Thibodeau long enough to allow Terry McLaurin to catch the football against Fabian Moreau, who is off and over the top. So easy 10 yards or 18 yards, I'm sorry, but move the sticks for Terry McLaurin. This was, like you said a little earlier, just a great design drive by Scott Turner. I felt like he had an answer for everything the Giants were doing. For sure. And then on first and 10 right after it, they run play action here for a
2: 13-yard gain to Terry McLaurin.
1: And another play to Terry McLaurin. But this is single-back pistol. You're going to fake the counter, have Taylor Heineke hit his back foot, and you can see how the linebackers are biting up, but then they're roboting. They're going to find, and Jalen Smith positions himself in a good spot to remove Terry McLaurin. But McLaurin just does a great job just finding space by running towards the numbers in front of the safety to make this catch to go for 13 yards.
2: And that sets up another first and ten here. So that's two plays, t- thirty-one yards, and they run an end around with Diami Brown. And obviously, the jet sweep and end around and all that stuff was played really well in the first half by the Giants. But this one, they catch the Giants off guard, and it's a fifteen-yard gain.
1: I feel like, man, every giant bit for this end around, except for Jason Pinnock, who was the deep safety. <laughs> and yeah. at this moment, you can see Pinnock is already kind of taking off to to cut off the angle of Diami Brown, whereas everybody if else he doesn't. This could
2: have been like a touchdown run.
1: Because the Giants blitzed both Jalen Smith and Micah McFadden. So everybody's at the line of scrimmage except for Nick McLeod, Fabian Moreau, and Jason Pinnock. Nick McLeod is on the opposite side of the field. Fabian Moreau is paying attention to the blocker, Terry McLaurin, and Jason Pinnock is the only one to kind of keying diagnose what the hell is actually going on. He avoids the blocker and makes the play on the sideline. Low-key, pretty good play right there, despite the fact that it was a 15-yard game. Yep, great call.
2: First and 15 after a five-yard illegal motion penalty on Logan Thomas. And here we see the screen. This is actually a really well called play, I thought, by Turner against this kind of leverage pre-snap screen to McLaurin. It goes for 20 yards.
1: And from the backside of the play, Kayvon Thibodeau, who rushed the passer, ends up making the tackle, of course. That's pretty
2: crazy. Yeah. Look at five. He's the one who ends up making the tackle here after rushing the passer. And that kind of shows, you know, puts the bed any questions about his effort, quote unquote.
1: Yeah, those those were put to bed during his college film. Right. I don't again like we we beat that drum so long, but this is a well designed and well executed play by by uh, Scott Turner and his and his off and his offensive unit. And you could see like just like you said, man, look look how far off these defensive backs are. Just press up field, get the football to McLaurin, and allow him to run underneath a bunch of flowing blockers.
2: Another first this and ball. ten coming up after this one, and this is a play where it just kind of looks like Jalen Smith gets a bit lost on it ends up running into and picking Nick McLeod on this play, which essentially then takes two Giants defenders out of the play, leaving this gaping opening here. And it's only an 11-yard gain on the drag, though, Dotson. This could have been even worse when you have two Giants defenders like running into and picking each other.
1: I said the same exact thing, Dan. I was like, how is this only 11 yards? Yeah. But Julian Love just does a really good job kind of coming from depth and just forcing Jahan Dotson out of bounds. He's the middle of the field, close safety, and he sees this go on. And at the catch point, you see there's a lot of space between Jahan, Dotson, there's like, 13 yards between Jahan Dotson and Julian Love. And he's able to just come down and force him out of bounds for only 11 yards. But excellent play-action rollout call because the Giants were over-pursuing the run basically all game because they were gashed. Good point. And then it sets up the first and 10. We have a five-man
2: pass rush, and then it kind of turns into a seven-man green dog pass rush. And this is just a good opportunity then to hit the post, and that's what they do. Heineke throws a pretty good ball here to Dotson on the post. And it's a it's a 15 yard touchdown here. Giants or, go sorry, back a 21 to, yard touchdown.
1: Yep. Giants go back to a cover three. Right. And you have Taylor Heineke. This is a from the far hash. He rips this post with Jahan Dotson, who's aligned just outside of the numbers. So you have Nick McLeod, who's kind of playing inside leverage or just trying to not force him inside. You can see how he turns to the outside. Good job by Jahan Dotson to sell an outside break but then explode back to the inside. The safety is being influenced in the opposite direction because of two deep routes by Cam Sims, I believe that is, and then the tight end, Logan Thomas. Dotson just is able to get McLeod twisted and catch this football right before Pinnock can get there to knock it out. Very well-executed play.
2: So a touchdown for Washington here. Their only touchdown of the second half on offense, and that sets up the seventh drive here right after it, which will be a three and out by the Giants' defense. It you know, they had a tough spot here in third and three and you get a really underrated overall play in this game by Landon Collins. The play he makes in the box that stops this whole drive. So we'll
1: start here with the first down play, which is just another counter run for seven yards. Yeah, they went back to the run, luckily, and then they try to catch the Giants sleeping on the second and on the second and uh, is it second and seven. I think there was a penalty. Was there not?
2: Yeah, there was another penalty.
1: Yeah, but Jalen Smith, you can even see how Brian Robinson just, he hits Jalen Smith and he just keeps running and he's running through like both the Giants linebackers at this point on this counter run. Micah McFadden's right there. So was Jalen Smith, but Brian Robinson just through pure sheer strength and will is able to pick up seven by running through the faces of both the Giants linebackers. Not a great look. Yep. And that sets up
2: this second and seven that Nick was just referencing, which is a flea flicker. Who sees a trick play right now? It, but we, I'm sorry, we haven't had many trick plays run against the Giants. We get one right now, flea flicker to try to catch him off guard. Deep shot here. He's got a step, but the ball's just slightly overthrown.
1: It's a tough play. There's two guys on the targeted receiver, Diami Brown. You just want to try to use this kid's speed. And uh, the ball's just not quite there, but well sold by Diami Brown. You can see him release off the line of scrimmage, act like he's going to block, and then just explode between the cornerback and Julian Love just off target and that sets up a third and three.
2: Third and three here this is the play i was referencing earlier this is landon collins making a massive play here and we're gonna see the giants come out of with a quarter look here and
1: collins just makes a great play in the box and it wasn't second and seven it was second and three there was no penalty just to okay just to reiterate landon collins this is such a good play they're trying to just run the football Catch the Giants and light personnel. Look how light everything is. You have Jihad Ward as one of your interior defensive linemen, and then Leonard Williams. No Dexter Lawrence, Aziz Ojalari, and KT with nothing but defensive backs other than those four. Quarter look like we talk about. There's no linebackers at the second level. Look, at, if you're watching on YouTube, there's no one there. You have Darnay Holmes and Logan Thomas who are outside of Lucas, the tackle. But, low, oh, man, Landon Collins just makes one hell of a play. Watch how he stays square again. Positions, low tackle. Darnay Holmes is right there to clean it up as well. That's such a well-executed play by Landon Collins in the box to force a punt.
2: Yep, and that's a big play because, like you said, it was an advantageous look pre-snap for the run game. They call the run. Giants are basically setting up to defend the pass, and yet Collins makes that big play. And this field goal drive starts with a four-yard run to Brian Robinson along uh, off the left end.
1: You have a nice run where Cordell Flott, Kayvon Thibodeau end up making this tackle on a little bit of a halfback pitch. Felt like Kayvon Thibodeau does a good job taking on the block of John Bates and another tight end, and then he sets to the inside, locates Brian Robinson, and then just helps collapse, whereas Cordell Flott, not necessarily known for his run support, comes downhill, is very patient. Watch how he stays square and just stops at this moment, sees that Brian Robinson is not bouncing it outside, so he shows a little bit of just patience here because he could have went right into the hole, but then that would have allowed Brian Robinson to bounce outside and the Giants wouldn't have had contained. So very smart, underrated play from Cordell Flott to help Kayvon Thibodeau with this tackle and not put himself out of position. And that sets up a second and six. They
2: go back to the run here with Brian Robinson, and this one's going to be a five yard gain to set up a third
1: and one. Justin Ellis gets really good penetration at the line of scrimmage and so does Leonard Williams. There's really nowhere for Brian Robinson to go because Nick McLeod comes downhill and sets a firm edge on a wide receiver, but watch how he just bounces Brian Robinson out of his, bounces it back to the opposite side, absolutely jukes out Landon Collins, Collins and makes yep. him look really silly, and then Jalen Smith and Justin Ellis end up making the tackle. There's some highlight plays here from Washington. You can see Darnay Holmes just get tossed by a guard, which... You know, that shouldn't be something that is crazy. But Darnay Holmes gets eliminated. Brian Robinson makes Landon Collins look absolutely stupid. That is Crimson Tide on Crimson Tide right there. That's a it's a fun little play for Washington, but it only ends up going for five yards. Sets up a third
2: and one. And we're going to get a 15-yarder here from Taylor Heineke. Just a, a tough spot for the Giants here. You think you're going to get a stop. going to try to get off the field. But as you'll see in a second here, um, Heineke does a good job getting around the end for 15.
1: This is a similar play that the Giants ran against Chicago a bunch of times. It's just a play action, naked boot. And look at the Giants' formation. The Giants are expecting quarterback sneak. You have Ryder Anderson in the A-gap, Justin Ellis over the top of the center, and then Leonard Williams basically over the top of the other guard. Everything is very tight. They are preventing a quarterback sneak. Kayvon Thibodeau gets a little bit greedy to pinch down, thinking he's going to make this tackle on Brian Robinson, but it was just play action naked. Taylor Heineke keeps it for 15 That sets up a 1st and 10 here for Washington. And they're
2: going to go back to the shotgun here on this 1st and 10. And it's going to be an incomplete pass to Logan Thomas.
1: Yeah, we're going to get a shotgun play action. Just a little out route from a 3 by one nub set to Logan Thomas out of 12 personnel. And Thomas should have caught it, but it wasn't really positioned well by Taylor Heineke. Nick McLeod was in the area in the cover 6 type look. Incomplete pass.
2: Yeah, not a great ball placement there from...
1: Heineke sets up a
2: second and 10 here. The Giants play this really well. Aziz Ojolari stops this run and spins Gibson back around to force a fumble. But the the football team get very lucky and they recover the fumble on this play. Looks like we might be a couple plays ahead. So we'll just run back real quick on the run from Gibson on the second and 10. And yeah, you'll see well played by Ojolari.
1: Forces the fumble. Gibson gets back on his own fumble. Yeah, I mean, the Giants forced another fumble in this game too. Like, like. The Giants were just strip happy. The one by Brian Robinson, I'm not going to count really, but I mean, that technically is one, but then the two on Taylor Heineke. And Aziz Ojalary is just defeating the block of John Bates. Look how he uses his hands, man. We talk about the efficiency in his hands. Gets his hands inside, grabs kind of right where the collar is, and just pulls the jersey downward and completely separates. Antonio Gibson ends up kind of getting bounced to the other side. So many Giants were close to recovering that too. Yes. And so that sets up a third and long here.
2: Um, the Giants play this third down really well here. And it sets up just kind of a, I believe it was this, this one was like a check down where he couldn't really get, he was trying to check down to Dotson, but the pressure obviously gets there in time with the blitz. I think it was Pinnock who gets the hit and forced incomplete pass.
1: The Giants loading up the line of scrimmage, wasted blockers, right? That right tackle is going to get wasted. Aziz Jolari is going to drop into coverage and you're going to bring the blitz from the opposite side. So now you have Leonard Williams occupying the guard and the tackle. Dexter Lawrence on the center, and then Landon Collins and on Thibodeau. That's a one-on-one matchup with the guard and the tackle. But tackle doesn't seem aware that Pinock is even coming until very late. So Wink Martindale doing Wink Martindale things, scheming free rushers, getting a hit on Taylor Heineke, and forcing an incomplete pass that ends up leading to a field goal attempt. And they Let's make the field goal. Yeah, they do make the field goal. I'm wondering if anybody is open on this specific play. because you're an empty saying five-man protection, you know Wink Martindale's licking his chops. And if you look at the top of the screen, there's a blown coverage because the Giants are going to run cover two. And if you're an empty, you usually have an out route to the flat from either number three or the number two, which is going to occupy that flat defender. And to the field side, that's exactly what happens. Logan Thomas runs to the flat and Nick McLeod sits. He squats right down on it. But there's a vertical route that Darnay Holmes is not in position with DPAP responsibility to take. And you can see how this wide receiver is just running open for quite a while. But Taylor Heineke just cannot get the football to him because Pinock hits him.
2: Yep. And so that's the end of that drive. Field goal for the Washington football team, for the commanders. And now we're going to see their next drive, which starts at 9.06 in the fourth quarter, down 20 to 12. Giants are up by eight at this point. It's another field goal drive. This one's 77 yards, mostly from one play, the first play of the drive, which was a deep shot over the middle from Heineke to Dotson for 61 yards here. And you'll see this isn't really a good throw from this, like a decision-making process. Pinnock has really good coverage, but it's kind of just an effort ball. That's the kind of quarterback he is. Sometimes he'll just throw effort balls. And what happens when you sometimes effort up? Well, you might get in pass interference. Sometimes you're just going to get a really good adjustment by a receiver, and he's going to catch the ball. It's a 61-yard game.
1: I think Heineke saw that the Giants were passing this route off. You can see Nick McLeod, he's pointing to Pinnock like, you got it, you got it, you got it. And then he sits on Terry McLaurin, who is running that deep outward type of pattern with Julian Love was already on Terry McLaurin. Of course, attention on McLaurin. But that's going to isolate Dotson against Pinnock. And Dotson just makes a phenomenal adjustment against Pinnock, who isn't typically in these types of situations. And ends up going for 61 yards to start a drive. It was at this moment where I was like, oh man, not again, let's not do this. Yeah,
2: he knew it might be bad, but they obviously I'll see later. They um did a good job clamping down, but not on this play. <laughs> this is a 19 yard gain for Brian Robinson here to get to the Giants 11 out of the shotgun. You know, this is just kind of one of those plays where I just scratch. I look at these linebackers and I just scratch my head because 41 and 54. They take two false steps at the beginning, put them out of position, and then they're just done.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what Jalen Smith is doing at this point. He sees the jet motion that holds the New York Giants linebackers in place. But at this point, you could see Jalen Smith is looking directly at the mesh point, and he sees that Robinson has it. And I'm not sure why he's not attacking here. I mean, you have to position yeah, yourself, that gap,
2: right? Why not? attack yeah, yeah,
1: that gap? Exactly. You have to position yourself in this hole but I'm guessing he doesn't think he has the speed because he's still square and he's not really exploding downhill. He doesn't have the speed to to get to Brian Robinson maybe at this time, and he has to flow around Kayvon Thibodeau. That's just a bad decision because there's oh, no yeah. one else there. You have Julian Love and, and Fabian Moreau. Fabian even rose and now Julian Love has to come downhill from a deep safety spot to try and make this tackle, and Brian Robinson just basically outruns the entire Giants defense there. Yep,
2: and that sets up a 1st and 10 situation here. They try to go get cute again with Curtis Samuel on an end around and the Giants defense plays this really, really well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> none of the Giants are are fooled by this no. whatsoever. And you can see cave on it's to his side, which is the boundary side. So not a lot of space. You can't see it on the camera because the camera just did not get it. But cave on Thibodeau extends his blocker well outside the numbers. And there's nowhere, nowhere. We'll see from the sideline angle, maybe, but there's nowhere for Curtis Samuel to go. And this is one of those low key plays that cave that on Thibodeau ends up making that maybe you don't really think about you know, at the end because he's had so many other big right. impact plays. But watch how he just extends this r- rushing. And Curtis Samuel, he's like, oh, do I cut back inside? Oh, no, I have nowhere to go because everybody's pursuing. That's such a low-key great play by Kayvon Thibodeau. It's yep. a better angle to see it on the sideline.
2: Yep, excellent point there. And so that sets up a second and nine situation here. And they're going to check down to McLaurin for five yards, hope for maybe a missed tackle but the Giants are ready for it, and and they stop him for just a five-yard gain.
1: Yep. David Moreau is right over the top. Giants give the space for McLaurin, but they trust the fact that they can rally and tackle and then set up what is coming, which wasn't really predictable by the New York Giants, but it was definitely something that we love to see. Just
2: a four-man pass rush, but they get immediate pressure from a four-man pass rush. That's Always the sign of a good pass defense in my mind. If you can get immediate pressure from a four-man pass rush, and they got all their horses on for this play. You see Leonard Williams with the initial pressure that leads to Heineke moving off his spot. And cleanup by Dexter Lawrence for sack fumble. Recovery by Leonard Williams.
1: And also look at the bottom of the screen. We have Terry McLaurin kind of running a quick little under route underneath Curtis Samuel, and it's passed off well by the New York Giants. Darnay Holmes just gets right into McLaurin's hip pocket with Julian Love over the top. And as you already broke down, This pass rush, we got to watch that. I mean, Leonard Williams, I know he falls in the fumble, so he gets that stat. But this pass rush is really set up by Leonard Williams' ability to penetrate the B-gap and win through the outside shoulder of that guard, which forced Heineke to step up into Aziz Ojolari and Dexter Lawrence. Fumble ends up kind of coming out. I thought initially, I was like, dude, I think that's a fumble. And then once I saw the replay, I was like, dude, you got to challenge that.
2: (laughs) I thought the ball was out before even the replay,
1: so I was happy to see
2: it ended up being the case.
1: 'Cause right here, nothing's down, and I think he has no control, Taylor Heineke of the fumble. Yes, exactly and also having Dexter Lawrence land on you like that. Oh, jeez, could you imagine? It would be painful. Absolutely, Absolutely about, painful. Talk about suffocating. Great play.
2: <laughs> and so we're gonna set up as I try to pull it up right here. Give me a second, we're gonna set up this final drive with 147 left after a good kick return that takes him all the way to the 43, which was devastating and annoying the hell out of me when it happened. You immediately get right away this really freaking nice sideline shot by Taylor Heineke. I mean, this guy's not a good quarterback, but this was a phenomenal quarterback play. First, watch his eyes. It should have been he, a touchdown. Yeah, it should have been a touchdown. I mean, look at his eyes here. He holds the middle of the field safety here with, I think, even pump fakes. You could see right here. Not a pump fake, but the entire time he's looking down the middle of the field and then flips his hips and just rips this ball toward the sideline with pinpoint perfect placement. I mean, not pinpoint. I mean, if he leads the receiver, it's a touchdown, so I shouldn't say pinpoint, but puts it in a spot where the receiver can catch it, get both feet in bounds, and maybe even Samuel shouldn't have jumped, honestly. He missed time to jump a little bit, but either way, it's a huge gain for
1: Washington. Great play call, too. You have the bending seam that occupies that safety. Giants are in a cover six type of look again, quarter, quarter, half. Run a bender towards the deep half safety, and then just have a vertical route, by Curtis Samuel, get around Darnay Holmes, who was in the flat, and now there's nobody to account for Curtis Samuel. A better throw. This is six. This is this right. is a great throw by Taylor Heineke. You could see, look how much leverage Curtis. If if Heineke puts that even True. towards the sideline, but more towards like the 35 yard line or the the um I'm sorry, 25 yard line, just put a little bit of air underneath it. Curtis Samuel's catching that and walking into the end zone. So again, True. the Giants kind of escape and get a little bit lucky there.
2: Yep. Sets up this first and 10 here. It's a six-yard pass to Logan Thomas.
1: Logan Thomas, man. I remember when he was a quarterback back in college. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he was a, really, he's a really good tight end, man. He's just old and injured. And you can see how yeah. Darnay Holmes just gets out to the flat. Giants are sinking to depth at this point, man. Like so They're closing much, yeah. in on the red zone. They're completely fine with giving up these little chunk, two, three-yard gains, coming downhill, rallying, and tackling. They just don't want to give up that big play, which they already did several times in this half. And a big play is about to come,
2: too, because right after that little six yarder, this this. OK, the first ball, maybe it wasn't a great throw by Heineke. This was a phenomenal throw by Heineken out here for 14 yards. I oh, mean, dude, yeah. anticipation, ball placement, sticky coverage. I mean, he is draped in coverage This is as good as you can ask for from the Giants defensive back against the, uh, Jahan Dotson. But it's great ball placement. And it's a great throw.
1: It's the best throw in the game. And I hate to say that, but it's, it's true. Oh, this yeah, is without cool. a doubt. From the far hash, Taylor Heineke is throwing to the number two receiver. He starts to throw this football. He's he's winding up to throw the football before the receiver is out of his break. And Nick McLeod is in perfect coverage. You have two men under, two deep safeties. Just throw it towards the sideline, and that ball placement is is elite. And I know Taylor Heineke is not consistent with these types of throws. Yeah. And he's not really a guy with a big arm or, or a lot of velocity, but this ball is just ripped right where it needs
2: to be a wildly good throw Uh, sets up the first and 10 here um this is when the giants bogged down it starts with an incomplete pass in the middle to to Dotson.
1: and dan when your number's called as a relatively unknown player you have to rise to the occasion because nick mccloud the entire narrative around this kid could have been changed if he held on to this that hits him directly in the hands, like a phenomenal yeah. play by McLeod to undercut the receiver, but you just got to secure the football in these high leverage situations. The giant or Washington got away with two things, a bad snap that was handled by Taylor Heineke and then a, just a terrible decision by Heineke to throw this football where Nick McLeod was right undercutting it.
2: Yep. I think he kind of got screwed up by the bad snap here and just kind of fired it into a spot here. Heineke, but this was a bad decision and a great job. Great play by McLeod. You just got to finish it. You got to catch that. It's right in your hands.
1: McLeod already fell for one double move from Jahan Dotson, so I don't think he was really falling for this again. And he's able to kind of turn. It looks a little sloppy, like he's off balance, and there might be a little bit of a hook, but nothing too egregious. And he just undercuts it, football in his hands, and then he just drops it to the dirt. But yeah, I think you're right, man. Heineke just knew that he was going to have that post. He saw the safety step up, and he didn't think that McCloud would be able to kind of turn and work himself back in phase and underneath that route. And that sets up a
2: second and 10 situation here where this is the play where Heineke scrambles. As you'll see here, it really looks like he has a really good lane here for the, just the touchdown with guys ahead of him on his own team. But Kayvon Thibodeau, who dropped in coverage, makes a really good high effort play. And stops him with the one-yard line to save to
1: save the touchdown. <laughs> this is just an insane play by Kayvon Thibodeau, and honestly, it should have been a touchdown by Taylor Heineke, and not because Kayvon Thibodeau, and it's not because of was, would have been at fault of Kayvon Thibodeau, but there's a cutback lane. He has that lead blocker, but he tries to go for the pylon like he did in what was that the 2020 wild card game against the Buccaneers. You can see the Giants had a lot right. of pressure. Kayvon Thibodeau, man, that's such a great play, such a good effort. But if he if Taylor Heineken, I know this is Monday morning quarterback, but if he just cuts back inside of of a Jahan Dotson, that's going to be six. Right. He just has a run along his ass, cut back
2: inside, get vertical and run on his ass.
1: Because Thibodeau already coming full speed towards that pylon. Right. It's great, great individual effort. But yeah, I mean, that, that was close. That was definitely a close one.
2: Then we have the penalty right after this, um, the debated penalty with Terry McLaurin not lining up correctly on the line of scrimmage to stop the touchdown run, and that sets up a third and six situation here for the Giants' defense. This was the almost sack uh, that would have you know, ran the clock and put them in an even tougher position. He just gets the ball off here, Heineke, um, and is able to throw it into the dirt.
1: That is Aziz Ojolari, man. Aziz Ojolari. A lot of people talk about Kayvon Thibodeau, rightfully so, but Aziz Ojolari is... Very exciting player, too. See how he has some power right there, just pushing 78 back into the pocket, but also staying to the high side of the pocket. And once Heineke thinks that he can evade, he gets his hands on him and drags him to the ground. Incomplete pass to set up this controversial, I guess we can say, yeah. worth down play.
2: Yeah, final play of the game here. It is pass interference. We're not, we're objective here on the Big Der podcast. We know what pass interference looks like. Uh, but you know, I think as Nick said in the reaction pod, and he was correct, the, effort by the D back to kind of take his hands off and then jump without I don't know it kind of doesn't even look like that on the film but I guess he kind of shows at the end like here he'll hug him and then he'll kind of come off real quick and then jump again if he never took off maybe if he never got his hands off the hug uh, formation it would have been called but the fact that he did I don't know they just kind of got away with one
1: they definitely got away with one but I do think if if Darnay Holmes doesn't come off the hug and get his hand on the football at the catch point, this would have easily been called. It's the effort that Darnay right. Holmes showed and displayed playing the football with his eyes and then his hands, even though the receiver was in better position to make it. But still, you can't get away from the fact that he was holding them like, the entire time. Yeah, But the Giants got away from it. And also, we see Dexter Lawrence get snatched and trapped by the guard, man. Dexter Lawrence is having his way with his offensive line all game, but he gets snatched and trapped to the deck by the guard, you can see. And then Dexter Lawrence rolls over, throws the guard <laughs> off him, gets back up, gets a pressure on Taylor Heineke, hits him, and uh, the play goes incomplete. But, man, Dan, this is, um, you know, I feel like, and I know we're Giant fans, so obviously we cover this team, we're next to this team. But calls like this have always, or seem to go against the Giants, but <laughs> this is one where I'm like, dude, Giants, Giants got away with one. here?
2: We got one, and it's fine. We're going to take it. All right, let's roll, this all some, yeah,
1: F it. let's roll into some superlatives here, Nick.
2: Um, let's start with your highest effort player on film. That one I'm curious about.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of easy, actually. It's Kayvon Thibodeau. The guy was I
2: was going to say the same thing. Too many backside tackles. Like you said, the one play where he rushes the passer, comes all the way back to stop that Terry McLaurin screen. That is enough for me to give him that Dude, record. He had like
1: five of those. Like, I might actually just cut him up. I just got to find the exact play. I'm going to cut him up, put him on Twitter because and that, yeah. that narrative doesn't exist anymore. But it was less than a year ago when it was cultivated. It's because true. What? That is true. Right. Like like we've said, the Joel Klatt interview didn't do him any favors when he kind of crapped on Alabama. But what, where else was that born out of? This guy came yeah. like, again, he got hurt against Fresno State in week one. He comes back three weeks later, has like nine pressures against UCLA. Like, yeah. Come on. Stop. Exactly.
2: How about your unheralded player on film? I wonder if it's the same. So far, we're one for one. I think we're going to have the same one here, too.
1: Okay. So let me think about it for one second. Unheralded player. Because there were a couple guys that kind of popped into my mind. I mean, there's Jason Pinnock, who, who he gave up that deep pass. But if it wasn't for that, then I would probably go with Pinnock. I feel like he had a couple of those unheralded type plays. But I'm going to go with Leonard Williams because everybody's talking about all the other pass rushers. But Leonard Williams, right. I feel like, had a really good game as per usual for him. And he was somewhat of an impetus to a lot of these big plays. So I'm going to go with Lenny.
2: That's a good pick. And I think that's correct. He had a much better game, people realize on the tape. But I'm going to go with Landon Collins, the third and three stop he made there. That is such a tough play to make. The box was so advantageous to a run. And if that's converted, I just think the whole game changes. If they convert that, they keep the drive rolling. They're going to run the ball again. We have literally no way to stop the run. Just none. We're just not, He did not, like, how many times we saw, like, maybe three to four, four, five, three, four, five, six range of runs that were negatives for them, right? and everything else was like four yards at least. So that play changed a lot for me in the game. That's why I consider it the most unheralded play by far, and so I'll give it to him as unheralded player. How about best player on film? This one's not going to be too, tar- too tough.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Kayvon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, that's not- when you single-handedly score seven points for your team on defense, you are going to win that award every time, if that's all you did. But somehow that's not all he did. He Finished with 12 tackles, three tackles for loss, countless – I mean, come on. He's the obvious pick there. Let's go with um a pass rushing grade one through 10.
1: Ooh, that's good, man. Pass rushing grade one through 10. Let's go with a good 8.1. Giants were able to get after Taylor Heineke, and there weren't a lot of clean pockets for him. There were a couple here and there, but Not I think much. if Washington had a little bit more time on a lot of those plays, Taylor Heineke, I know his arm is kind of a noodle, but yeah, he would have taken some more deep shots, and it could have resulted in a Washington win. But he yeah. couldn't because Avon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojalari, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence.
2: And Dex. I'm going with 8.9, man. And I was close to hitting the nines in this one. This was a phenomenal effort. Very few clean pockets. The four of them doing constant work. Loved
1: it. How about, uh... Unfortunately, the thing the is, didn't they only have, like, 15 pressures? I think I saw that, and but I was there like... there was a also shit. a
2: shit ton of quick game.
1: Yes, of course, yeah. So, like, I'm Giants. just thinking
2: of... i kind of isolating just the plays that weren't quick game. Yeah, in my in week
1: fifteen. The Giants, yeah, they had 17 pressures in this game. And some of those were on the same play. Like I think there right. were a couple of those plays where Taylor Heineke was getting ruled out where like Dexter Lawrence had a pressure, Kayvon Thibodeau had a pressure. Regardless of the fact the Giants did very well rushing the passer. Yes. yes. Without it So now. run defense. Yikes. <laughs> run, defense, run defense. God. Uh, Kavon Thibodeau single handedly I think, adds three points. Just because right. he was so good for the see but he did have two blown assignments that led to huge games from Washington so let's say two points he adds so I'm gonna go with a strong (laughs) 2.1 yeah
2: basically all the points that are added I'll go with just an overall 1.2 look occasionally the one thing they did good as a run defense they stopped the misdirection runs anytime they tried to run except for the 115 yards Diami Brown any other time they tried to run any kind of misdirection jet sweep handoff to Samuel it was stopped but Whenever they wanted to run on them, just like counter, the fact that they that teams can like for a month straight now, Nick, just consistently run counter and there's like never an answer for it is astounding to me. I don't know one defense that looks like that on paper. Maybe the Chargers are known as a run defense. I haven't watched much of them. Maybe that's the case for them, the Browns, the Texans. Maybe those are the same types of game films where you're just looking at these teams and teams are just running the same play over and over, but usually you see a defense adjust to it and like find a stop. And there's been maybe like one to three plays where they stop counter. I think But that's like an insanely low number when you consider how often it's being run on them. And it's just like this run defense in me is I've never seen it look this bad. It's crazy. And I don't think there's any chance really it improves like Landon Collins. Hopefully he can help it to some degree, but it's not going to make a massive difference. This is an off season problem. This is not something they can fix this year in my mind.
1: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And it sucks. The giants want to align with the five guys you know tight front it makes sense you know it, how many times there this season have you seen an opposing offense successfully run in like the a gap or now. that's a great point we're not giving up a lot of these a, a gap runs no it's not something the giants give up nobody even tries it nobody, because they yeah, they're, they're just not going to do it right
2: and that should yeah. help you though that like should work in your favor as a run defense if you know tendencies and you know the tendencies they're never going to run the a gap that should allow you to do something to try to but it's not even like i don't think Wink can do anything i think it's just Linebackers have to make better plays here, straight up. And the edges, which, you know, we like them, but these aren't the greatest edge setting edges, you know, in the world in the run game. And that's also part of the problem. That combination of those two things, no Xavier McKinney and help, like run support, it's just not a good recipe right now, unfortunately. Good it news, is Vikings don't even try to run the ball. So we got that going for this week. <laughs> they really don't I know.
1: honestly, though, man, watching this, this film, though, and seeing how many Washington receivers were just running wide yeah. open. I just think there's going to be like two or three blown coverages, and, oh, yeah. and KJ Osborne, who just coming off of a career game, he could yep. be highly involved. Adam Thielen is a precise route runner. He might not be a burner, but he's always in position. He's always where he needs to be. And then Justin Jefferson, don't even get me started on that guy because he's one of the he's one of the and most. Honestly, like receivers if somebody
2: I've tweeted out us, but would you say he was one of what the
1: most fun receivers I think I've ever watched.
2: Interesting. That's a cool. He's case. very fun. Yeah. I haven't really watched much of his tape, so I don't have much of a say on that, but I will say it's this as one of him. I know. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen enough of him just not tape wise, like regular broadcast wise to know what he can do. Um, but he's kind of like a young OBJ kind of the way he runs his routes. But I will say this and even more like long than him, but I will say this one thing a listener pointed out to me, which I we weren't even thinking about. We haven't mentioned yet is do we even have an answering coverage for TJ Hawkinson to be quite Frank, because none of these linebackers can do it. So, I guess maybe Collins is not going to be really good. Yeah, in that
1: I, yeah, I would think it would be Julian Love and Collins, yeah. who, who typically assume, well, Collins yeah, just got uh, brought up. TJ Hawkinson's weird, man. He can easily go off and have a huge game like he did against Seattle this year. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I watch the Vikings and I, and I see him out there and he just like drops the football. And I'm just like, yeah. bro, like you should be better than you are. He
2: should be so much better than he is in
1: general. Yes. Yes. that That's always been my feel with TJ, but I'm sure he'll go off and have a huge game here. <laughs>
2: Hopefully not. All right. That's all we have for today. Defensive podcast. We're going to have a really fun preview pod coming up. Uh, Might even be dropping tomorrow. So keep peeling. Look out for that. It's an X's and O's film guy. So it's just going to be a ton of film talk. If you like that kind of stuff, a ton of X's and O's. Otherwise, have a great rest of your week. and We'll talk to you soon.